Did you guys know that at the tomb of the unknown soldier, did you guys know that in, 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 the, in, in the 3rd United States Infantry Regiment, they, they staff those guys that march in front of the, and guard the, the tomb of the unknown soldier. Now, me and Jenny and Sam and Abby, our last two, we were up in D.C. a few weeks ago, and we went there and watched that. We watched a change of guard, and it was fascinating to watch that. Did you know that that guy has spent eight hours preparing his uniform? Did you know that every day he walks out to do that, he gets a fresh haircut? And did you know they pair people so that there's no more than an inch and a half difference in their height and change of guard? And did you know they make 21 steps to this direction to mark the 21-gun salute? And then they turn and they look to that tomb and they stay perfectly, perfectly still, honoring those who have given their life for this great country. And they stand there for 21 seconds. And then they turn and they walk 21 steps back this way. And when they stop, they look back at that tomb and they stay for 21 seconds. And these people who have given their lives to honor these people have given great sacrifice to be able to be a part of this. You see, when they got on board, they went through rigorous training. And you could say, well, Chuck, but that's for show. I would say, for, no, 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 that's not show, that's honor. And did you know that when they get there, after their training and they pin them, do you know what they say to them? They say, soldier, you have the honor to walk in a different way. Come on, if you can't preach on that, you are dead as a doorknob. Did you know this past week that your church, right here in Sugar Hill, Georgia, your church prepared a video for the National Day of Prayer. And I've been to a couple of those things. It's a lot of pomp and circumstance, and it's big shot preachers and big shot politicians. It's all this stuff going on. And I've got to be honest with you, a little bit's kind of sickening. But I'm pretty sure the Lord couldn't give a hoot about all their accolades. So we thought we might prepare something that you could join us in and our city could join us in in praying for our families, for our schools, for our communities, for our churches. Did you know that more than 14,000 of you watched and prayed with us this past week in little old Sugar Hill, Georgia? Not one amen? Not one. And in that video, part of what we talked about was what an incredible honor we've been given to pray, to stand in the presence of the Almighty to pray for people. And it hit me that Paul called us to walk in a different manner as well. He said that the way we live, though, has nothing to do with the way we were saved. Listen to what he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you are saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from work, so that no one can boast, for we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Paul says that the way that we walk should be based and built on the grace that has saved us. 
not our works. He's saying that if you have trusted Christ, as those folks did last week, as little Ava had done this week, as countless others have done this year, what we know is that we are not saved because we've done good things. We're not saved because we feed hungry people. We haven't given our life to Christ and trusted him, and he's given us eternal life because we've given a certain amount of money, gone on enough mission trips, got enough pins to say we were great, or how many times or how big a church we're a part of. He says this, by grace you are saved, by faith. So if you're here today and you say, Chuck, I want to understand this doctrine. How, how can old Bill stand up and say, I'm settling this with, with Jesus today? Because watch this. A week ago, Bill said, you know, I don't understand all that grace, and I don't even understand all that faith. I don't really understand how Jesus lives inside of me, and I'm not really sure how I'm going to go to heaven. But he said, you know what? By faith, I'm going to receive the grace of God. And when Jesus did what he promised to do for me, he's going to give me the gift of his Holy Spirit who's going to direct me and guide me, and he is going to call me to walk in a different way. Are you possibly with me today? Okay, so maybe not. But Paul also says the way you walk says a lot about how you treat other people. Listen to what he says in Ephesians chapter 4. By the way, Ephesians 4, 3 was the, was the theme of the National Day of Prayer. But listen, go to verse 1. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit and binding yourselves together with peace. Listen to what Paul said that we're supposed to use to build unity, not just in the church, but in the community that God has given to the church. He says, use humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with none another, loving people, and work hard to keep the unity among believers. It's pretty doggone simple when you make an effort to live in a Christ-honoring manner, it immediately affects not just you, but the people around you. Because you are walking in a different way. Would you say that with me? I am walking in a different way. Now, I'm not sure you believe that, but I'll promise you. If you don't live that, the next question for you is this one question. Are you ready? Do you know for sure if you were to die you would go to heaven. Because I don't believe that you can give your life to Jesus, that he can give you his Holy Spirit, and he began the work within you to begin to change you in such a way that the desire of your heart is to walk in a different way. And then I look at this and I think to myself, but wait a minute. When a church is filled with people who walk in a different way, different things happen. We're spoiled around here. We see baptize, baptism almost every week. Did you know of the 45,000 Southern Baptist churches in America, the average church, meaning 95% of them, 
will baptize less than five people this year. Could I just say, by accident, a pastor ought to be able to baptize 12 by accident. I mean, at some point, it's just like, you want Jesus or not? And Paul says, when you've got the guts to talk about Jesus, and when you have a church that has the guts to sing about Jesus, and when you have a people willing to go out there and talk about Jesus, good things happen because you're walking in a different way. But now, the way you walk is up to you. So I thought we might tell the story about what it is to have a spirit of unity and how we bind ourselves in peace by letting a few of our friends come out that's a part of our team. And as they come out, I want to, I want to remind you. I think you've heard me say this before. Uh, I got here about seven years ago. And for about four of those years, I, I wanted to pastor the biggest church in town. I really did. I'm just being brutally honest with you. Everything in my ego wanted to pastor the biggest church in town. And I wanted to tell people it was the biggest church in town. And I wanted to tell people I was the pastor of the biggest church in town. And the whole while, God is saying, mm -mm. A, you ain't that good, Chuck. If you laughed, you just agreed with God. And B, that's not what I called you here to do, Chuck. I called you here to help lead a church and love a church and shepherd a church that might walk in a different way. And you know, when you try to walk in a different way, you don't draw big old honking crowds who get excited about you and show up for eight months and leave. You draw a bunch of normal folks that look just like y'all. That look around in a room and said, yeah. Yeah, we love folks if they're black. We love folks if they're Hispanic. We love folks if they're gay. We love folks if they're straight. We love folks if they're tall. We love folks if they're skinny. And bless the Lord, we love folks when they're fat. Amen. Don't get me excited. You know what else we love? I didn't mention this at 9.30. Y'all do something to me every week. I put a Facebook post out there yesterday that Beth Moore had written. And I read it and I thought to myself, I want to tell you something, y'all. Ladies, just look right here. Look right here. Ladies, I want to be so forthright with this. I believe with every ounce of my being that not only do you have the right to teach me the things of God, but for many of us, is your calling to teach the Word of God. I know you don't know what to think about that, do you? Because, see, the church that I've been a part of forever said, I'll tell you what, ladies, I'll trust you with rocking my baby. I'll trust you with telling my elementary schooler about Jesus. I'll trust you to, to cook the meals for folks that are hurting. I'll even trust you to do a little bit of women's ministry, but y'all just stay in your place. Now listen to me, ladies. That is not of God. It is not of God to the degree that as a church, 
I want you to know that I believe you have every right to take the greatest leadership roles in the life of the church and help lead us. And I am begging you to step up and do that. So from my words as your pastor, where I have failed you in that, I want you to know how sorry I am. Because I know many of you have the extraordinary gift that you can teach the scriptures around me like circles. And we haven't turned you loose. And I'm so sorry. I heard, I heard an audio recording of one of America's Southern Baptist leaders this week literally said these words came out of his mouth. When a woman came to him who was being beaten by her husband, he said, well, honey, this is probably a good thing because now you can go home and when he falls asleep, you can get on your knees and you can pray for him. Now, it might get worse before it gets better, but you're supposed to pray for him. Listen to me, folks. Number one, that's stupid. Number two, that is ungodly. And number three, as a church, we got to step up and lead the way. It is, t- it is time to stop that. Because the scriptures say to make every effort to have unity in the spirit and to bind ourselves in peace. So I thought I'd let these folks tell the story of what that means. Carlos was here at 930 and we kept him from speaking in the heavenly language. But you know what he talked about? He talked about how when we started, he had no money, no people. He didn't even have a, we didn't even pay him. You know, he had 230 people a few weeks ago over there. Come on. Did you know that by, by the number of attenders, he'll baptize more people this year than we will? Did you know that, that his per capita giving, if you're sitting here thinking, yeah, well, we fund that. No, you don't. They outgive you per capita. No amens on that one? And God's using them in amazing ways, including helping Susan this week, where over in Castlegate we had a fire in that apartment complex. Tell tell us what's going on, Susan. Yeah, so this week was interesting in community ministries. We did have a fire at Castlegate where six families lost everything, basically. There's a picture of it right there. And so we partnered with our great partners at the North Gwinnett Co-op, and Kim Phillips and I were able to go over to Castlegate to meet with each family to assess their needs, to help meet some immediate needs such as... um, lunch, (laughs) you know, food. Um, We had um, one family that um, their key burnt up in the fire, and so we had to get a locksmith out there to make them a a new key so that they would have a vehicle to drive. We made sure that everyone had a place to lay their head that night, and then we formulated a plan just to serve them and continue serving our neighbors. And Sugar Hill Espanol showed up to help you move Sugar and Hill work Espanol and... did show up. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kim was able to rent a couple of storage units for a couple of people who did have some belongings that survived yeah. the fire. And Sugar Hill Espanol showed up. We rented a U-Haul and were able yeah. to get everything secured for them. That's so cool. Tripp, uh, tell us about last night around here. Uh, last night was amazing. Um, 
let me start by uh, reading a quote from you that uh, several oh, weeks man. ago in one of your messages, you, uh, you said this, and I wrote it down, and I, I put it on social media, and I, I keep going back to it. You said, I earnestly believe that the church should roll the red carpet out for all people. And I mean all people. If you're searching or saved, black, brown, or white, gay or straight, sure or unsure, um, well or sick, peace-filled or pain-filled, able-bodied or different-abled, no matter how many moms or dads or chromosomes or failures or successes or questions or dollars, divorces or houses, boats, things, or how many kids you have, no matter where you were born or where you were raised, my friend, you are welcome here. Amen. Let me tell you. I can't believe I said all that. Let me tell you, uh, not only was that good, I am so proud of our church for buying into that and saying we want to be that church. And I got to tell you, last night, this church rolled out the red carpet for families who have children with special needs. So about nine months ago, Rhonda McMahon, our kids pastor, and her team started working on a special needs ministry. And so many of you, like 50 or 60 of you, stepped up and said, I want to be a part of that ministry. And we've had a class at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. We've now started an 11 o'clock class. And um, last night, this team has been training and working for months to host a respite night for families. They didn't even advertise it. They prayed that God would send five families. Well, we had 20 children last night, over 41 adult leaders. And let me tell you what's so awesome. If you were not here, if you could have just heard walking down the hallway in every classroom, hearing over and over again, you are loved, you are valued, you are special. God loves you. This church loves you. Just incredible what this church has done in that area. And just some incredible leaders. I see some of you out here who have invested so much to be that church you're talking about. uh, That's walking in a different way. Uh, Here's what's great that Susan never admits, because she does all of our community stuff, and is absolutely a gift from the Lord. Um, She's the person who gets the first calls. When a school has a crisis, they call her. When a family has a crisis, they call her. Uh, You know what's interesting? They call her, and she's in a crisis. This is walking in a different way. And then I think many of you know Anissa, and uh, Anissa leads our PATH project. And um, this is, I I love this ministry. So just tell us a little bit what's going on over there. Okay, yeah, so um, things are super exciting over at PATH project, and you can just tell that, like, God is expanding us and growing us, and um, we started from like five kids helping out with homework underneath a blue tent to now 70 kids in two community centers within Peachtree Village. So super encouraging. Um, The kids and their grades are improving. We have every single child has at least improved in one subject, some bringing their grades up from like 28 up to 80. And so the kids are working really hard. Yeah, I know, right? Where was I when I needed that? That's what I'm saying. Um, But like one of my favorite, like I would say my favorite stories is like, yeah, we focus in on grades and like the numbers are incredible and we love to see God growing us and that's awesome. But like one of my favorite stories I think is when a fifth grade girl came to me 
and I like to check up on the grades just to see how they're doing. And she just broke down in tears. And she said, Miss Anissa, I know that I'm failing. Like, I know that I'm failing. Like, I've been trying my best, but I know that I'm failing. And so I looked at her and I said to her, I was like, okay, I'm not even going to log in and check your grades because I want you to know that you are worth more than what your grades say wow. and that you are wanted wow. and that you are loved here and that I don't see you by your grades, but I see how hard you're working. And so she came back just this last week and we checked her grades and she had brought her grades up. And so God Come is on. just like so showing us that like... We've created a community, and Sugar Hill Church has created this community of this family where kids can come and know that, hey, we see you, we want you here, yeah. we love you, and it's just incredible. We've just started kicking up some dust. If you say, well, what's such a big deal? Why is that walking a different way? Uh, so when, before we got started, Dr. Gresham was still the principal of Lanier, and Dr. Martin wasn't there yet, and so I asked Dr. Gresham, what is the... Uh, what, what, is, what, is the, what is the dropout rate from freshman to senior at Lanier High School? He said about 27% overall. And I, I was mesmerized, but I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And, uh, and then we asked him about the, the community where our PATH Project ministry at, and he said, over there, it's almost 75. And he said, not because he can't do the grades, it's, it's because those kids have to go to work. But by the time they hit 10th grade, they got to go to work. And it was that moment, I'm telling you, I, I knew that one of the reasons the Lord had called me here was let's break the cycle of poverty by making sure that every single one of those kids have an opportunity to graduate from high school and go to college. And you know what, Sugar Hill Church? You keep doing it. You keep funding it. And people like Anissa, who could do anything in the world, I'm telling you, this is one of the most gifted young women I've ever met, and she's given her life to help these families have a first-time high school graduate and a first-time, first-generation college attender. You say, but Chuck, what does that have to do with spiritual things? Everything. Because every kid, every family, every trailer is being prayed for nonstop. Every kid that comes is being told Jesus loves them. Every kid is getting the best possible education they can have. You know what's great? Our schools have said, we're with you. And by the way, if you have like an age range on somebody you're willing to date, oh. <laughs> it's like 30 or under, oh, okay? Yeah, 30 and under is good. <laughs> Guys, listen, if you're looking for one of the greatest young women on the planet. She'll be in the meet and greet. Yeah, meet right, right after I'll the service. I'll be back in the back Tripp room and with I, some water we, and Listen, snacks. we'll get Bobby involved. We'll, we'll do all the work to kind of get them figured out. Go fill out the information card, check the yeah. box. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if some fool breaks your heart, we will beat the crud out of Thank them. You. Thank you. In love. <laughs> I love it. Hey, that's good. Good plug. All right, I heard that over the past three or four weeks that we've had a handful of kids that's given their life to Christ on Wednesday night. Uh, if you had 35 fingers on your hand, it would be a Come handful. On. 35 so over kids the past four that's given weeks, their life to Christ. Over the past four weeks, we've had 35 um, students, yep. middle school, high school, who give their life to Christ. And Me if and Susan remember when we had 35 kids all together. Listen, it's amazing what God is doing here. And our Wednesday night program, it really is a church plant yeah. for teenagers. Yeah. In this community, because if you come, there's so many students who've never been to church before. Yeah. Um, their families are unchurched. We have 
gay, straight, confused. We have those who say, oh, I don't believe in God at all. I just come here because I'm told this is a place I can be loved yeah. and accepted. Yeah. And it's just amazing to see what God's doing. We had a baptism class this morning uh, for some of those students. And this Wednesday night, we're having a special student baptism service. There was one girl who came to me Wednesday night, and her story is just unbelievable. But she said, uh, no way my family would ever come to church on a Sunday. Wow. She said, but you know what? I'm praying. I have gave my life to Jesus, and I'm praying. And I think they will come on Wednesday yeah, yeah. night yeah. to check this whole thing out. Yeah. You realize that, that uh, now Jenny was part of a church one time that would have said to that kid, you're not welcome here. Let me tell you something. Walking in a different way says to that kid, you are so stinking welcome here. Come on. And you say, but I, but I don't know who I am yet. Okay, come on. Yeah, but I've, I've decided I'm whatever. Come on. Yeah, but I'm black. Come on. Yeah, well, I'm Hispanic. Come on. Well, I'm Asian. Come on. I'm fat. Come on. <laughs> That's walking in a different way. Did you know that we're going to have a sure enough, honest goodness church plant this fall? I never say this right. How do you say it? Benny Chasm. That's it. Okay. Benny Chasm, Spain. There, our, our cross, our logo, everything is just going to say Benny Chasm Church. It is in a town in Spain that doesn't have an evangelical presence within 20 miles. By the way, you're not planting that church. Sugar Hill Espanol is planting that church. Come on. Hey, now, while you're bragging about that, yeah, you got to also talk about what we're doing in Haiti because uh, I know several weeks ago, Chuck and I had the opportunity to go and to invest in about 70 pastors there and, and train them and encourage them and give them resources uh, to be able to make them better. And so while we're there, we learned of a church who they had started a building campaign. And so they, they were about halfway through building their church and a storm hit and destroyed the whole thing. And they said... There's no way we could ever rebuild. It's going to take decades, perhaps, to rebuild this church. Chuck mentioned it from this stage two weeks ago. And before we got out of the service, people had given enough money to completely rebuild this church. And also, not only that, we found out not far from there, there is an area uh, that had no Christian church at Nothing. all. There was a there was a Catholic church. There was a Voodoo church. There was yeah, no Voodoo's Christian church. There, and so one of the pastors who was at this pastor's conference said, "Man, God's laid it on my heart to minister to this area. We just we don't have a, a church to meet in. We don't have anything. Well, we have committed to not only plant a church and resource that church." Chuck said, "If we're going to plant one church in Haiti in an area where where there's nothing." Why don't we plant 20 more churches and really take the gospel? Let's don't just kick up dust. Yeah, Let's yeah. go hey, make a difference listen, here. I love the fact that we take food to kids and we help the orphans. You're not going to stop doing it. I'm all about that, right? But I got to tell you, we got to stop toxic charity at some point where everybody just learns to say, hey, we need you. So we're going to plant, listen to this, we're going to plant 100 Haitian churches over the next 10 years to equip churches in each of those villages to teach their folks how to earn a living, to live as Haitians should live, love Jesus, and to care for their family. And I'm going to ask many of you to buy a family, a goat, and radically change their life. Get fired up! Now, let me, let me tell you one thing I love about the approach that, that we are taking as a church there. 
we're not going in saying, hey, look at us and, and throwing yeah. money around. What we're doing is we've identified yeah. a pastor who has a heart that, that is akin to our heart. And yeah, what we're doing up. is we're supporting him. We're supporting the local church there to start new churches. So it's not like we're going in <laughs> yeah. saving the day. We're equipping the church to do what the church in Haiti is called to do. Yeah, how cool is that? So a lot of folks, so how many backpacks are we packing about every week? 272 a week. Wow. So this school year, we will have done, I think it was 9,762 bags this year. Wow. That is a lot of food. It is a lot. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of people. How many people are on that team? There are over 60 volunteers that wow. serve and make wow, this wow, happen, wow, wow, wow. plus all of you guys that bring in donations for yeah, us. Yeah, so. yeah. Now then, um, so the question we get every time this time of year is, but what can we do to help feed these kids? over the summer because we don't have a school system to deliver by. Exactly. So over the summer, first off, we point them to the North Gwinnett Co-op where Kim offers a great program that they can come and get bags of food there. But this year, we are partnering with Action Ministries that already serves over at uh, Peachtree Village as well. And what they do is they come in Monday through Friday and they bring in sack lunches during the summer for these kids to help supplement that free meal that they would have had at lunch. So being Sugar Hill Church, we signed up for all of their empty spaces. So yep. we have um, 15 days, most of them are on Mondays, that we're responsible to provide those sack lunches. So what we're looking for are um, families to just step up and say, hey, I'll grab a few neighbors and we'll pack for a day. Yeah. And you get, you'll get to meet the kids. You'll actually get to go to Peachtree Village and to hand out those bags. It's we a need great about 100 lunches a day, right? We need about 75 to 100 for each of those days. We've got a sign-up genius that'll come out later today, and you can um, sign up. It'll be on social media. Yeah, yeah, and can I just say something about that? This is something that's, like, super encouraging. And if you can get involved with this, it would overwhelm my heart and these kids' hearts because I'll never forget they told me that before this happened, that they had to have one, my third grader told me their family could only have one meal a day because there was no other way that they could eat outside of the school feeding them. So this program is huge for our kids. So while people are signing up to make a difference, we have uh, VBS, Vacation Bible School, coming yeah, yeah. up June 11th through the 15th. And what an incredible opportunity to connect w with these kids and other kids in our ministry. Yeah. Rhonda said that in one week, it now, when you think VBS, it's yeah. going to be radically different than how we've done it in the past. Yeah. But we're going to provide seven months of ministry to students in one week, discipleship. Cool and it's just an incredible opportunity. So see, when a church decides to walk in a different way, great things happen. When people of God choose to walk in a different way and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you to do something very special. They happen. When we take our church egos and we take our church logos and we set them all aside and say, Lord, what kind of church do you want us to be? I pray we will forever hear Sugar Hill be the church that walks in a different way because of the presence and the power and the majesty and the glory of Jesus himself. This is a drop in the bucket of everything that will happen around here this week. I am so grateful for you 
You make all this stuff happen. We're the people that have the privilege to do it. And for all of us, thank you. I can't imagine being a part of something more wonderful. But I want to stop and remind you that we've just started. I've almost been here seven years now, and I feel like we're just starting. May we never grow weary in doing good. And may we never stop saying that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. And that when we put him in the right priority of our life, we will walk in a different way. We got to take up an offering. Y'all, come on. We got to get out of here. I got people looking at their watch and thinking we're going to leave during the offering. And so just come on. Y'all run. Don't walk. Just get, get, run, run, run. That was a fake run if I've ever seen one. All right. Y'all just start passing. Go ahead. Just start passing. If you're here today and you came in, you said, I didn't come prepared to give, just go on the app and give. Yeah, well, I don't have the app. Or just go online and give. Well, I don't do that online. Write a check. Well, I don't have checks with me. Pull the hundred out behind your, your license that you hide from your spouse. Put it in there. I used to say, listen, if you're, if you're new around here, don't feel, don't worry about it. You don't have to give. You, know, I, you don't have to give. Nobody has to give. But for all of you who have already given online, for all of you that have already given on the app, for all of you that are putting cash in or checks in or are going to, all of you did this through bill pay, thank you, thank you, thank you. A church that walks in a different way, walks with hands that are wide open and a heart that is full of Jesus and eyes and ears that are drawn to the needs of others. So as we leave today, if you're new around here, please stop by and see me at the meet and greet. It's just out the exit door to your right. I promise we won't baptize you. But let this Lord we've talked about go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Let him go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment. Because you see, he is always good and you are always loved. Let him come behind you in days that are just radically difficult in your life. And let him pick you up and carry you, not around the mess, but right through the middle of it so that when he sets you down on your two feet victoriously, he can wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his arms around you. And he can look at you and he can say, say it with me, my child, say it with me, I Isn't that good? God bless you. Go in peace.